Welcome to another episode of Luminous Conversations, the Luminous Prosperity Podcast. Each episode, we delve into the fascinating world of spirituality and personal growth. I'm your host, and today, we have a special episode lined up for you. I am Sophia Jenny, a familiar voice to our listeners and member of the Luminous Prosperity Team. I'm currently pursuing my doctorate in religious studies, and I have a passion for the concept of imminent divinity, especially as it presents itself in Taoism and Christianity. And we have a special guest today, Tori Lancaster. Tori and I are old friends, having shared classes during the early days of our academic journey. Tori is here to share her rich background in philosophy, particularly as it intersects with spirituality and religious thought. Tori, it's great to have you on the show. How are you today? I'm thrilled to be here, excited for today's conversation, and especially happy to reconnect with you for this deep dive into such a compelling topic. I'm thrilled to be here. I've been an admirer of the thoughtful discussions on Luminous Conversations, and am excited for today's discussion. I'm especially happy to reconnect with you, and this deep dive is the ideal event for a reunion. Fantastic, as you know, today's episode is all about the indwelling divine, or imminent divinity, across different religions. We'll traverse the landscape of spiritual beliefs, from Hinduism to Christianity, and from Buddhism to the Ba faith, exploring how each tradition perceives and experiences the divine within. Speaking of which, I'm excited to share that alongside academic research, at LuminousProsperity.com, I've been involved in developing a transformative course called Start Your Luminous Light. It's a comprehensive three-month journey, priced at $12,500, offering in-depth education and group coaching. The course is designed to help individuals connect with the divinity within and around them, access their authentic selves, and achieve their true goals using principles like imminent and eminent divinity, the law of attraction, and customized strategies for success. It's starting on March 16 and will certainly be a life-changing experience for the dozen or so people who get to attend. Sophia, it sounds like an excellent experience to work on such an in-depth project. I'll have to pick your brain about it after the show. Absolutely. As for now, listeners, ready for a thought-provoking session that promises to broaden your understanding of spirituality and the divine. Let's dive in. Let's start with Hinduism's fascinating concept of imminent divinity. At the core of Hindu thought is the idea of Brahman, the universal consciousness, and Atman, the individual soul. What's intriguing is how these two are not seen as separate entities, but as one and the same. This unity challenges our usual distinctions between the self and the universe, offering a holistic view of existence. In Hindu tradition, realizing one's Atman as Brahman is the ultimate goal, leading to moksha or liberation. This realization fosters a deep sense of interconnectedness with all living beings, reshaping one's perception of self and others. It's not just a spiritual concept. It has practical implications for how we interact with the world and each other. That's a profound understanding of divinity. How does this view influence Hindu practices and daily life? Every aspect of Hindu life is imbued with this understanding. Practices like meditation, yoga, and devotional rituals are designed to awaken an awareness of the Brahman within. This awareness leads to a life of compassion, empathy, and a harmonious way of living, rooted in the understanding of our shared divine nature. 
It's fascinating how this concept shapes both the spiritual and the practical aspects of life in Hinduism. It seems to create a sense of unity and harmony that extends beyond individual beliefs. Sophia, you've laid out the Hindu concept of Brahman and Atman beautifully. From a philosophical standpoint, this non-dualistic view, known as Advaita Vedanta in Hindu philosophy, is quite radical. It challenges the Western philosophical tradition that often emphasizes the distinction between the individual self and the external world. In Western thought, we're used to thinking of ourselves as separate entities navigating an external universe. But Hinduism's non-duality suggests a fundamental unity. This idea has profound implications for how we understand consciousness, identity, and our relationship with the world. That's an interesting point, Torai. How do you think this non-dualistic perspective can inform our modern understanding of self and consciousness? Well, it offers an alternative framework. If we consider that our individual consciousness is part of a larger universal consciousness, it changes how we relate to our thoughts, emotions, and experiences. Instead of seeing ourselves as isolated beings, we can view our experiences as part of a larger interconnected reality. Moreover, this idea challenges the notion of egocentric thinking. If the self is not separate, but part of a universal whole, the pursuit of self-centered goals becomes less meaningful. It shifts our focus from individual achievements to a more collective well-being. That's a profound shift in perspective. It seems to encourage a more holistic approach to life and relationships. Exactly. The philosophical implications of non-duality in Hindu Thought encourage us to rethink our notions of self and other, leading to a more inclusive and empathetic approach to life. Tori, you've touched on some thought-provoking contrasts between Hindu non-duality and Western individualism. Let's delve deeper into this. How do you think the concept of individuality versus universality in Hinduism contrasts with Western religious ideas? That's a great question, Sophia. In many Western religious traditions, there's a clear distinction between the individual and the divine. For instance, in Christianity, while there is a close relationship with the divine, it's still fundamentally seen as a separate entity God, as the creator, and humans as the creation. In Hinduism, however, the distinction between the individual soul and the universal soul is not just blurred, but essentially non-existent. The realization that Atman is Brahman dissolves the concept of an individual separate from the cosmic whole. This fundamentally alters the approach to spirituality, ethics, and even daily life. So, in a sense, while Western religions often promote a personal relationship with a distinct deity, Hinduism advocates for the realization of self as an integral part of the divine. How does this influence our understanding of morality and ethics in Hinduism compared to Western traditions? In Western thought, morality is often guided by adherence to divine laws or commandments, reflecting a dualistic relationship between humanity and a higher power. In Hinduism, morality and ethics flow from the understanding of oneness. If one sees the divine in everything, actions are naturally guided by empathy, compassion, and a sense of interconnectedness. That's a significant difference. It seems that while Western religions focus on following moral laws as dictated by a divine authority, Hinduism's approach is more about realizing an inherent moral compass guided by the unity of all existence. Precisely. And this understanding of imminent divinity in Hinduism, that the divine essence is present within all, 
can lead to a more inclusive and compassionate worldview, something that's increasingly relevant in our globalized society. Absolutely, Tori. It appears that both perspectives offer valuable insights, yet differ fundamentally in their approach to divinity, ethics, and the self. This contrast enriches our understanding of the diversity in spiritual and philosophical thought. Let's shift our focus to Judaism, particularly its fascinating concept of the divine spark. This idea is deeply rooted in Jewish thought and mysticism. It suggests that every human being contains a fragment of the divine, which connects us directly to God. This notion is not only central to Jewish spirituality, but also to how ethics and morality are perceived in Judaism. Indeed, the idea of the divine spark has profound implications. It's intriguing how this concept shapes individual responsibility. Each person's actions are not just personal choices, but are seen as part of a cosmic narrative. Exactly, Tori. And if we delve into the Kabbalistic interpretations, we find an even deeper understanding. Kabbalah, a form of Jewish mysticism, teaches that these divine sparks are scattered throughout the world, and it's our duty to gather and elevate them. This perspective transforms everyday actions into sacred tasks, contributing to the healing and restoration of the world, known as Tikkun Olam. That's a powerful motivator for ethical behavior. It ties individual actions to the collective well-being. Philosophically, it bridges the gap between personal spiritual practice and communal responsibility. Right. And this isn't just a theoretical concept. Historically, the idea of the divine spark has been a driving force in Jewish communities, guiding social justice initiatives and charitable acts. It instills a sense of higher purpose and interconnectivity. It's fascinating how these ancient teachings remain relevant and influential in contemporary spiritual thought. They offer a unique perspective on our role in society, emphasizing that our spiritual journey is intertwined with ethical and moral living. Absolutely, Tori. The concept of the divine sparks in Judaism provides a rich, multifaceted approach to understanding our place in the universe. It's a blend of mysticism, ethics, and personal responsibility that enriches both individual and collective spiritual experiences. To appreciate the depth of the divine sparks concept in Judaism, we should look at its historical roots. It emerges from the rich tapestry of Jewish history and thought, deeply intertwined with the experiences and beliefs of the Jewish people. Indeed, the historical context is vital. The idea of a divine sparks can be traced back to early Jewish mysticism. It's a response to the challenges and experiences faced by Jewish communities throughout history, offering a sense of hope and purpose. This concept is particularly poignant considering the periods of exile and hardship in Jewish history. The belief that each individual carries a divine spark became a source of inner strength and resilience. It's a testament to the enduring spirit of the Jewish people. It also reflects a distinctive view of the divine. Unlike some traditions where the divine is entirely transcendent, Judaism's divine sparks bridges, the transcendent and the imminent. It suggests that the divine is not just above or beyond, but is also deeply embedded within the world and within us. That's a crucial point. This belief fundamentally changes how one views the world and interacts with it. If everyone and everything contains a fragment of the divine, it calls for a life of reverence, care, and responsibility towards all creation. 
It's interesting how this concept has evolved and been interpreted in various ways over the centuries. In contemporary times, it continues to inspire not just religious practices, but also social and ethical initiatives, aligning with modern values of inclusivity and social justice. Indeed, Tori. The divine sparks in Judaism, therefore, isn't just a historical or mystical concept. It's a living idea that continues to shape individual lives and communities, encouraging acts of kindness, justice, and a constant striving to make the world a better place. This makes Judaism's divine sparks not only a fascinating spiritual concept, but also a relevant and powerful force in today's world, bridging ancient wisdom with contemporary challenges and aspirations. Absolutely. It's a remarkable example of how ancient spiritual teachings can offer timeless wisdom and guidance, adapting to and addressing the needs of every generation. Building on our understanding of Judaism's divine spark, let's explore its influence on modern spiritual practices and ethical living. The idea that we all carry a piece of the divine within us not only shapes religious rituals, but also extends to how individuals approach daily life and societal responsibilities. That's an important point, Sophia. In contemporary society, where there's often a disconnect between spirituality and daily life, the Divine Sparks concept can serve as a bridge. It suggests that every action, no matter how small, has spiritual significance. Exactly. And this idea has profound implications for how we treat others and engage with the world. If we recognize the divine in everyone, it calls for a greater sense of empathy, respect, and a commitment to social justice. It's not just about personal spiritual growth, but about contributing to the greater good. It's interesting to consider how this Jewish concept resonates with modern ideals of inclusivity and community service. It aligns with contemporary movements that emphasize social and environmental responsibility, suggesting a deep spiritual basis for these values. That's true. The divine sparks can be seen as an early form of the universal values we champion today. It speaks to a shared humanity and a collective responsibility towards each other and the planet, which is incredibly relevant in our globalized world. In the realm of personal spirituality, it also offers a pathway for individuals to connect with the divine in everyday life. Practices like prayer, meditation, or acts of kindness become opportunities to acknowledge and nurture this divine aspect within ourselves and others. Indeed, Tori. The divine sparks in Judaism thus serves as a powerful reminder of our interconnectedness and the sacredness of life. It inspires a holistic approach to spirituality, one that encompasses personal growth, ethical conduct, and active engagement in the world. This makes the concept not only spiritually enriching, but also socially impactful. It's a testament to how ancient spiritual teachings can offer guidance and inspiration for addressing contemporary challenges. Absolutely. The Divine Sparks continues to be a source of inspiration and guidance, encouraging us to live lives marked by compassion, justice, and the pursuit of the common good. Now let's turn to Christianity and its concept of the Holy Spirit. Historically and spiritually, the Holy Spirit represents one of the most profound aspects of Christian doctrine. It's seen as part of the Holy Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, each aspect embodying God's presence in different forms. The Holy Spirit, in particular, is often associated with the acts of creation and inspiration. It's seen as the breath of God, 
bringing life and guidance to believers. Historically, the Holy Spirit has played a crucial role in shaping Christian worship, theology, and practice. In the New Testament, the arrival of the Holy Spirit is depicted as a transformative force, empowering the apostles and early Christians. It's viewed as a counselor, a guide, and a source of spiritual gifts, fostering a personal and communal connection with the divine. The concept of the Holy Spirit challenges and enriches our understanding of the divine presence. It's not a distant, unapproachable force, but a dynamic and imminent presence in the lives of believers, guiding and transforming them from within. From a religious studies perspective, the Holy Spirit in Christianity is a fascinating example of how the divine is experienced personally and communally. The Holy Spirit is often described as a comforter, advocate, and guide, playing an active role in the believer's life. It's not just a doctrine, it's an experiential aspect of faith. In many Christian traditions, the Holy Spirit is involved in the process of spiritual growth and transformation. It's believed to bestow gifts like wisdom, understanding, counsel, and courage. This empowers believers to live out their faith in practical and impactful ways. Moreover, the Holy Spirit is seen as a unifying force within the Christian community. It transcends individual differences, bringing believers together in worship, prayer, and service. This communal aspect is essential as it reflects the interconnectedness and diversity of the body of Christ. The Holy Spirit also serves as a bridge between the divine and the human realms. In moments of prayer, worship, or even in daily life, the presence of the Holy Spirit is felt as a guiding and comforting force, making the divine more accessible and relatable to the believers. So, in Christianity, the Holy Spirit is not an abstract theological concept, but a living presence that shapes every aspect of a believer's spiritual journey. It's about transformation, community, and a deepened relationship with the divine. Sophia, your insights provide a deep understanding of the Holy Spirit in Christianity. From a philosophical perspective, the Holy Spirit's role can be seen as a bridge between the imminent and the transcendent aspects of the divine. It challenges the notion of a holy transcendent God, instead offering a God that is intimately involved in the world and individual lives. The Holy Spirit philosophically can be interpreted as the manifestation of God's action in the world. It's through the Holy Spirit that the abstract concepts of faith become concrete in the lives of believers. This idea of an active, guiding, and present force within us opens up intriguing questions about free will, predestination, and divine intervention. Moreover, the Holy Spirit's role in bestowing spiritual gifts reflects a unique view of human potential and divine purpose. It suggests that human abilities and talents are not merely personal attributes, but are endowed by a higher power for greater purposes. This elevates everyday actions to acts of spiritual significance. In a broader sense, the Holy Spirit represents a dynamic and relational aspect of God. It's not a static deity, but a responsive and interactive presence, shaping and being shaped by human experiences and choices. This challenges some classical views of God as impassive or unchangeable. From a philosophical standpoint, the Holy Spirit in Christianity invites us to rethink our understanding of the divine-human relationship. It proposes a more fluid and dynamic interaction where the divine directly influences and is influenced by the human journey.
Tori, your philosophical perspective really opens up the discussion. Let's compare and contrast these insights about the Holy Spirit with what we've discussed about other religions. Unlike the Eastern concept of a universal consciousness that we are part of, the Holy Spirit in Christianity seems to act more as a bridge between God and humanity. That's an astute observation, Sophia. In Christianity, the Holy Spirit is a distinct entity that interacts with and influences the believer, yet it is also part of the Trinity, embodying God's presence. This differs from, say, Hinduism's Brahman, where the divine is an all-encompassing reality that the individual realizes they are already a part of. And when we think about Judaism's divine spark, we see a concept of an inherent divine aspect within each person. The Holy Spirit, however, is more about a divine presence that comes to dwell within and guide the believer, rather than being an intrinsic part of their being from the start. Exactly. And this brings us to an interesting synthesis. While these religious traditions differ in how they perceive the indwelling divine whether as an inherent part of the self or as a divine presence that enters and influences, they all share the common theme of a deep and personal connection between the divine and the individual. This common theme is crucial in understanding the role of spirituality in personal and communal life. Whether it's the Holy Spirit guiding a Christian, the divine spark guiding a Jew, or the realization of Brahman in Hinduism. Each tradition provides a unique pathway to understanding and experiencing the divine. And in each case, the indwelling divine shapes not only personal spirituality, but also ethical behavior and community relations. It's fascinating how these diverse religious perspectives converge on the idea that our spiritual beliefs directly impact how we live and interact with others. That convergence is what makes the study of these spiritual traditions so enriching. They offer diverse lenses through which we can explore and understand the profound connections between the divine, the self, and the world around us. As we turn to Taoism, we encounter a distinct yet profound understanding of the divine. In Taoism, the Tao is considered the ultimate reality, an ineffable guiding force that underlies and unifies everything in the universe. It's not a deity in a traditional sense, but a natural order or principle that can be observed in all aspects of life. The Tao manifests itself in myriad ways from the natural world to human behavior. Taoism teaches us to recognize and align with this flow, seeing the Tao as a path to harmony and balance. This perspective is deeply rooted in Chinese culture and philosophy, emphasizing living in accordance with nature and simplicity. Taoism's view of the divine as an imminent natural force offers a unique lens through which to view our existence. It encourages a deep respect for the natural world and an understanding of our place within it, not as dominators but as participants in a larger interconnected cosmic dance. Building on Sophia's insights, one of the key concepts in Taoist philosophy is wowei, often translated as non-action or effortless action. It's a principle that advocates for actions that are in harmony with the Tao, actions that flow naturally and without forced effort. Wei isn't about inaction, but about aligning one's will with the natural order of the world. It's a profound philosophical stance that challenges our often aggressive, goal-oriented approach to life. Instead, it invites us to embrace spontaneity, flexibility, and a responsiveness to the natural rhythm of events. Philosophically, Wei presents a counterpoint to the Western emphasis on control and domination over nature and circumstances.
It teaches the power of yielding, of being flexible and adaptive, qualities that are increasingly relevant in our fast-paced, ever-changing world. Torai, your exploration of Wu Wei opens up an important discussion on Taoism's relevance today. In a world that's increasingly technology-driven and fast-paced, how can Taoist principles guide us? Taoism offers a valuable perspective in today's world. It reminds us of the importance of slowing down, being present, and respecting the natural flow of life. In the face of constant change and technological advancement, these principles can help us find balance and maintain our connection to the natural world. Absolutely, and it's not just about personal well-being. Taoism's emphasis on harmony and balance has implications for how we approach environmental issues, social interactions, and even global challenges. It encourages a more holistic and integrated approach to life. Indeed, Sophia. In essence, Taoism teaches us the art of living in harmony with ourselves, with others, and with the world around us. It's a timeless wisdom that offers profound insights for navigating the complexities of modern life. Tori indeed, Sophia. It's a reminder of the rich tapestry of spiritual thought and practice across cultures and how exploring these can deepen our own understanding of the divine and our place in the world. Let's explore the rich and mystical world of Sufism, a mystical tradition within Islam. Sufism is characterized by its intense devotion, poetic expression of love for the divine, and the pursuit of spiritual union with God. Historically, Sufism emerged as an ascetic and spiritual movement within Islam around the 8th and 9th centuries. It developed as a response to the perceived materialism and formalism of the early Islamic empire. Sufis, or mystics, sought a deeper, more personal connection with God, often through practices like meditation, chanting, and dance, like the famous whirling dervishes. Sufi mystics have contributed significantly to Islamic culture and spirituality, with figures like Rumi, Hafiz, and Al-Ghazali. They've left a legacy of poetry, philosophy, and spiritual practices that continue to inspire people across the world. Central to Sufism is the concept of Tawhid, the oneness of God. Sufis strive to experience this oneness and transcend the illusion of separation between the divine and the human. This journey involves the purification of the heart, the annihilation of the ego, or fauna, and the eventual spiritual union with God, or baka. Sufism also emphasizes universal love, compassion, and tolerance, transcending religious, social, and cultural boundaries. The idea is to find the divine in all aspects of life, making Sufism a deeply inclusive spiritual path. Sophia, now, Tori, I'd love to hear your philosophical exploration of Sufism's core principles and how they contrast or align with other mystical traditions. Thank you, Sophia. Philosophically, Sufism presents a fascinating blend of devotion and existential inquiry. Its emphasis on the annihilation of the ego and the experience of oneness with the divine is reminiscent of Eastern mystical traditions, yet it's deeply rooted in Islamic theology. The concept of fauna, or the, the dissolution of the ego, challenges our usual notions of self and identity. It's a profound exploration of the nature of the self, where the ultimate goal is not self-aggrandizement, but self-transcendence. Sufism's focus on love as a path to divine union also offers a unique perspective. It's not just romantic love, 
but a cosmic, all-encompassing love that dissolves boundaries and leads to a deeper understanding of the universe and one's place in it. Building on those insights, let's discuss Sufism's relevance in today's world. In a time of increasing division and materialism, how can Sufi principles guide us? Sufism's message of love, unity, and transcendence is incredibly relevant today. It offers a counter-narrative to materialism and superficiality, encouraging a deeper, more meaningful engagement with life and spirituality. Absolutely, Torai. The inclusive and compassionate nature of Sufism, its emphasis on inner transformation, and the pursuit of a universal love can inspire a more empathetic and united approach to our global challenges. Indeed, Sophia. Sufism teaches us the art of looking beyond the surface, finding the sacred in the mundane, and fostering a sense of unity that transcends cultural and religious differences. Quakerism, or the Religious Society of Friends, arose in the mid-17th century amidst the religious and political turmoil of England. George Fox, the founder of Quakerism, introduced the concept of the inner light, which is central to Quaker beliefs. This period was marked by a questioning of traditional religious authority and a turn towards personal spirituality. The inner light is a foundational concept in Quakerism. It represents the belief that there is something divine within each person. Fox and early Quakers believed that this inner light was a direct personal communication from God, accessible to every individual without the need for mediation by church or scripture. This was a radical departure from the established religious norms of the time. The significance of the inner light is profound. It implies that each individual has the capacity to experience and understand divine truth directly. This belief democratically empowers all people to connect with the divine and serves as a guiding force in their lives. In practice, this led to a form of worship that was radically different from other Christian traditions. Quaker meetings typically involve silent meditation, where participants wait and listen for guidance from the inner light. It's a deeply personal yet communal form of worship, where anyone may speak if they feel led by the Spirit. Quakerism, with its emphasis on the inner light, not only redefined the individual's relationship with the divine, but also had significant social implications. It led to a strong commitment to pacifism, social equality, and justice, principles that continue to define Quakerism today. Sophia, your overview of Quakerism's origins and the concept of the inner light is a perfect segue into the philosophical implications of this belief. The inner light is not just a religious tenet, it's a profound philosophical statement about the nature of truth, experience, and conscience. Philosophically, the inner light challenges the idea that spiritual truth must be mediated through institutionalized religion or sacred texts. It proposes that truth, and thereby God, can be directly experienced by the individual. This upends traditional structures of religious authority and places immense value on personal conscience and discernment. Quakerism's emphasis on the inner light also speaks to a broader philosophical theme of experiential knowledge. It suggests that the most authentic and meaningful truths are those that are lived and felt, rather than merely taught or read. This has a democratizing effect on spirituality, making it accessible to all, regardless of their education or background. Furthermore, the inner light implies a deep interconnectedness among individuals. While it is a personal experience, it also fosters a strong sense of community and collective wisdom. 
Quakers practice of silent worship in groups, where anyone can speak if moved by the Spirit, is a powerful example of this communal aspect of spiritual truth. So, from a philosophical standpoint, the inner light in Quakerism encourages us to rethink our approach to spiritual authority, the nature of religious experience, and the role of community in our spiritual lives. It's a perspective that holds significant relevance in today's world, where many are seeking more personal and authentic ways to connect with the divine. Tori, your philosophical insights bring us to an important question. How relevant are Quaker beliefs, particularly the concept of the inner light, in our modern, fast-paced society? Sophia, that's a crucial question. In a world where external success often overshadows inner peace and personal ethics, the Quaker emphasis on the inner light offers a counter-narrative. It encourages introspection and finding guidance from within, which can be incredibly grounding in today's environment. Absolutely, and there's more to it. The Quaker practice of silent contemplation and communal decision-making based on this inner guidance can be seen as an antidote to the noise and haste of modern life. It's a call to slow down, listen deeply, and value the input of each individual, which is often lost in today's society. That's true. And let's not forget the social implications. Quakerism has historically been associated with social justice movements. Their commitment to equality, peace, and social justice, rooted in the belief in the inner light within all, remains as relevant today as ever. It challenges us to look beyond our immediate self-interest to the broader implications of our actions on society. I think it also speaks to the growing interest in spirituality that transcends traditional religious structures. People are seeking ways to connect spiritually in a manner that aligns with their individual experiences and values. The Quaker focus on direct, personal experience of the divine offers a pathway that is both deeply spiritual and profoundly democratic. Exactly, Sophia. In essence, Quakerism, with its focus on the inner light, offers a model for a more contemplative, ethical, and community-oriented approach to life. These principles, while centuries old, provide valuable insights for addressing the challenges of our contemporary world. So, we see that Quaker beliefs, far from being anachronistic, offer vital lessons for today's world, advocating for inner peace, community engagement, and a commitment to social justice. It's a testament to the enduring power and relevance of these spiritual teachings. Let's transition to Buddhism, a spiritual tradition founded by Siddhartha Gautama in the 5th century BCE. Buddhism arises from the context of ancient Indian religious and philosophical thought, and it offers a unique perspective on the nature of suffering, the self, and the path to enlightenment. Buddhism introduces the concept of the universal soul, often referred to as Buddha nature. This is the inherent potential within all beings to attain Buddhahood, a state of complete enlightenment. Buddha nature is universal, signifying that enlightenment is accessible to everyone, regardless of their background or life circumstances. Central to Buddhism is the Four Noble Truths, which address the existence of suffering, dukkha, its cause, its cessation, and the path leading to its cessation, the Noble Eightfold Path. This path is a guide to ethical and mindful living, leading towards the realization of Buddha nature. Another key concept is the doctrine of anatta, or no-self, which challenges the notion of a permanent Instead, 
Buddhism teaches that what we consider the self is a collection of ever-changing physical and mental components. Buddhism also emphasizes the principles of karma and rebirth. Actions have consequences that shape future experiences, and the cycle of rebirth continues until one attains enlightenment and breaks free from the cycle of suffering. This introduction sets the stage for a deeper exploration of the Buddha nature and its philosophical implications, as well as how it compares with concepts in other religions. This historical and conceptual overview of Buddhism provides the necessary context for discussing Buddha nature and its universality. If this aligns with your expectations, we can proceed with Sophia's detailed overview of Buddha nature and its universality. Diving into the concept of Buddha nature, we find a cornerstone of Mahayana Buddhism's approach to enlightenment and the nature of self. Buddha nature is the inherent potential present in all beings to achieve Buddhahood, the state of complete enlightenment characterized by boundless compassion, wisdom, and understanding. This concept is universal, signifying that enlightenment isn't exclusive to a select few, but is an achievable state for everyone. This universality of Buddha nature challenges the traditional hierarchical structures found in many religious and social systems, democratizing the potential for spiritual awakening. The idea of Buddha nature also shifts the focus from external rituals and deities to the internal potential within each person. It's about cultivating qualities like mindfulness, ethical conduct, and compassion, which are believed to be innate but often obscured by ignorance and desire. In the Mahayana tradition, the emphasis is not only on personal enlightenment, but also on the bodhisattva ideal the commitment to attain enlightenment for the sake of all beings. This reflects a profound sense of interconnectedness and compassion at the heart of Buddhist philosophy. Moreover, Buddha nature is often described metaphorically, like a seed that needs nurturing to grow or a jewel that's hidden but inherently present. These metaphors emphasize the latent possibility within each individual to transform their lives and reach a state of profound understanding and peace. The universality of Buddha nature speaks to an optimistic view of human nature and potential, offering a path of transformation that is accessible to all, transcending cultural, social, and geographical boundaries. Sophia, your explanation of Buddha nature sets the stage for a deeper philosophical inquiry into Buddhism. One of the most intriguing aspects of Buddhist philosophy is its approach to suffering, the self, and the path to enlightenment. Firstly, Buddhism's treatment of suffering, or dukkha, is profound. The Buddha taught that suffering arises from attachment, desire, and ignorance. Philosophically, this challenges us to examine the nature of our desires and the reality we construct around them. It's a call to mindfulness and detachment, not as a form of escapism, but as a means of engaging with life more authentically. Then there's the concept of atta, or no-self. This challenges the very foundation of how we understand identity and existence. Buddhism proposes that what we consider the self is an illusion, a collection of changing experiences and processes. This notion raises profound questions about the nature of consciousness and the continuity of identity. Enlightenment in Buddhism, or the realization of Buddha nature, is essentially about transcending the illusion of the self and comprehending the interconnectedness of all things. It's about achieving a state of understanding where suffering is transcended, not through denial, but through a deep realization of the nature of reality. 
This path to enlightenment, highlighted in the Noble Eightfold Path, is not just a spiritual journey. It's a philosophical roadmap for ethical living, mental discipline, and wisdom. It represents a holistic approach to addressing the fundamental causes of suffering and provides a framework for personal and societal transformation. Buddhism, therefore, offers a unique perspective on the human condition. It combines a deep analysis of suffering and the self with a practical guide to transcending these through enlightenment. It's a philosophy that resonates with many today, searching for meaning and understanding in a complex world. Torai, your insights into Buddhism's approach to suffering, self, and enlightenment invite us to compare these ideas with concepts from other religious traditions. How does Buddhist enlightenment or the realization of Buddha nature align or differ from, say, the Christian concept of salvation or the Hindu idea of moksha? That's an intriguing question, Sophia. In Christianity, salvation is often understood as a form of divine rescue from sin and its consequences, facilitated by faith in Jesus Christ. It's a transformative process, but is typically framed within the context of a personal relationship with a transcendent deity. In contrast, Buddhist enlightenment is about an inner transformation that comes from understanding the true nature of reality, particularly the impermanence of the self. It's a self-realization rather than a divine intervention. And when we look at Hinduism, particularly the concept of moksha, we see some parallels with Buddhism. Moksha is liberation from the cycle of rebirth, achieved through the realization of one's true nature, which aligns with Brahman. There's a similarity in the emphasis on self-realization and liberation. Exactly, Sophia. While the ultimate goals in Hinduism and Buddhism might seem similar liberation and enlightenment, the paths and underlying philosophies have distinct nuances. Hinduism's moksha is about realizing unity with the universal consciousness, whereas Buddhist enlightenment is the understanding of the no-self and the interconnectedness of all existence. These comparisons highlight how each spiritual path provides a different framework for understanding the self, the divine, and the path to spiritual fulfillment. Buddhism's emphasis on direct personal experience and understanding offers a unique perspective, distinct from the theistic focus of Christianity or the non-dualistic approach of Hinduism. Indeed, and this diversity in spiritual approaches enriches our overall understanding of human spirituality. It shows that there are multiple pathways to exploring the profound questions of existence, each offering valuable insights and practices. Absolutely, Tori. This cross-comparison not only deepens our appreciation of each tradition's uniqueness, but also underscores the shared human quest for meaning, understanding, and liberation. Now, let's delve into Sikhism's profound understanding of the divine. Let's begin with some historical context and key concepts to set the stage. Sikhism is a monotheistic religion that originated in the 15th century in the Punjab region of South Asia. Its founder, Guru Nanak, emphasized the oneness of God and the equality of all human beings. Central to Sikh theology is the concept of Waheguru, which refers to the eternal, formless, and all-pervading divine. Indeed, Sophia. The term Waheguru encapsulates the Sikh belief in the transcendent and immanent nature of God. It's a reminder that the divine is not confined to a particular form or place, but is omnipresent. The Sikh scripture, Guru Granth Sahib, is considered the living guru 
and it contains hymns and teachings that guide Sikhs in their spiritual journey. One of the fundamental practices in Sikhism is Siva, which is selfless service to others. Sikhs believe that by serving humanity, they are serving the divine. It's a beautiful concept that reflects the idea of spiritual unity and the importance of compassion and altruism. Absolutely, Sophia. Now, when we compare Sikhism to other monotheistic religions like Christianity and Islam, we find both commonalities and distinctions. All three emphasize the belief in one God, but Sikhism's rejection of religious hierarchies and rituals sets it apart. In Sikhism, it's not about intermediaries or clergy. Each individual has a direct connection with the divine. That's a crucial point, Torai. It aligns with our earlier discussions about imminent divinity, where the divine is accessible to all. Sikhism exemplifies this through its emphasis on equality and the rejection of discrimination based on caste, creed, or gender. Exactly, Sophia. Sikhism's teachings on equality and the importance of service offer valuable insights for fostering a more compassionate and inclusive society. It's a faith that reminds us of the divine spark within every individual. To truly understand Sikhism, we must delve into the heart of their faith, the concept of Waheguru. It's more than just a word, it represents the eternal and formless supreme being in Sikhism. This concept is central to Sikh spirituality and devotion. Unlike many other religions, Sikhism emphasizes the direct connection between the individual and the divine. Sikhs believe that by meditating on Waheguru and living a life of righteousness, they can achieve spiritual union with the divine. One unique aspect of Sikhism is their commitment to selfless service, known as Asava. This concept is deeply rooted in the belief that serving others is a way to connect with the divine presence within all of us. Sikhs engage in acts of kindness and charity not for personal gain, but as a way to express their devotion to Waheguru and to uplift their community. When we explore the philosophical aspects of Sikhism, we find a strong emphasis on spiritual unity. Sikhs believe in the equality of all human beings regardless of their background or social status. This egalitarian view is deeply connected to their understanding of Waheguru as the eternal force that transcends all divisions. As we reflect on Sikhism's teachings, it's fascinating to see how this faith stands as a bridge between monotheistic religions. While Waheguru is central to Sikhism, it's a concept that resonates with the idea of the one, formless God in many monotheistic traditions. It's a reminder of the universality of spiritual truths that can be found across different cultures and beliefs. Building on Sophia's insights, let's delve into the philosophical underpinnings of Sikhism. One fascinating aspect is the emphasis on selfless service, or Siva. From a philosophical standpoint, Seva challenges us to reconsider the nature of self and other. It's a profound acknowledgement that in serving others, we transcend our individual selves and connect with the universal consciousness, Waheguru. Another philosophical facet to consider is the Sikh belief in the oneness of humanity. This belief is not only a social ideal, but a philosophical truth. It leads us to ponder the nature of human identity and the boundaries we create. In Sikhism, Waheguru is the unifying force that binds us all, reminding us of our shared spiritual essence. The concept of Waheguru itself raises philosophical questions about the nature of the divine. Is God something external or separate from us, or is it the imminent presence within all of creation? 
Sikhism leans towards the latter, suggesting that Waheguru is both transcendent and imminent, existing within and beyond the material world. When we explore the philosophy of service, unity, and the divine in Sikhism, we find that it resonates with broader philosophical discussions about ethics, identity, and the interconnectedness of all life. It's a testament to how Sikhism's unique perspective offers valuable insights into these timeless philosophical inquiries. Tori, you've raised some intriguing philosophical questions regarding Sikhism and its ensava and the oneness of humanity. One question that comes to mind is how these principles can be applied in our daily lives. What are your thoughts on how individuals, regardless of their religious beliefs, can practice selfless service and embrace the idea of universal unity? That's an excellent question, Sophia. I believe that the concept of Siva transcends religious boundaries. It encourages us to see beyond our differences and recognize the shared humanity in others. Practicing selfless service can be as simple as helping a neighbor in need or volunteering in our communities. It's about fostering empathy and compassion. I completely agree, Tori. Seva reminds us that we are all interconnected and our actions can have a ripple effect on the world around us. It's not just a religious practice, but a universal principle of kindness and service. Exactly, Sophia. And when it comes to the idea of Waheguru as both transcendent and imminent, it challenges us to rethink our relationship with the divine. How do you see this concept influencing the way psychs approach spirituality and their daily lives? Sikhism's view of Waheguru as both transcendent and imminent is profound. It encourages Sikhs to find the divine within themselves and others. This perspective shapes their devotion, humility, and sense of community. It's a reminder that divinity is not distant but ever-present, guiding their actions. It's fascinating how these principles align with broader philosophical discussions on the nature of the self and our interconnectedness with all living beings. Do you think Sikhism's philosophy can contribute to a more inclusive and compassionate world? Absolutely, Tori. Sikhism's philosophy of unity and selfless service has the potential to inspire positive change on a global scale. It promotes values that transcend religious boundaries and can guide individuals and communities toward a more harmonious and compassionate world. Well said, Sophia. It's clear that Sikhism offers valuable insights not only to its followers, but to anyone seeking a deeper understanding of the human experience and our interconnectedness. Indeed, Torai. Sikhism's eternal force, represented by Wahaguru, reminds us that we are all part of a larger whole, and our actions can contribute to the betterment of humanity. All right, let's dive into the Bay of Faith, one of the most intriguing and modern spiritual movements. So, the Ba Faith, as we mentioned earlier, emerged in the mid-19th century in Persia, which is now Iran. What's fascinating about Basem is its emphasis on the unity of all religious beliefs and the oneness of humanity. Ba-S believes that Baal-H, their founder, is the latest in a long line of divine messengers, including well-known figures like Abraham, Moses, Buddha, Jesus, and Muhammad. They consider Baal-H's teachings to be a continuation of the revelations brought by these earlier religious leaders. One of the core concepts in the Ba faith is the unity of religion. This means that Ba'a see all major religions as interconnected and believe that their teachings share a common source. 
They emphasize that there's an essential unity of religious truth at the core of all faiths. Another fundamental belief is the oneness of humanity. Ba. S are passionate advocates for eliminating prejudices and promoting unity among people of different races, cultures, and backgrounds. They view humanity as a single, interconnected family. Now, here's an interesting one, progressive revelation. Ba. S. Hold that God's guidance to humanity has evolved over time, with different messengers appearing throughout history to provide spiritual guidance tailored to the needs of their respective eras. Lastly, ba Sem promotes religious syncretism. This means that it encourages people to recognize the essential truths found in all religions and fosters religious tolerance and understanding. It's a faith that seeks to bring people of different faiths together. So, in a nutshell, the Ba faith is all about unity, unity of religions, unity of humanity, and unity of purpose. It's a unique perspective on spirituality that seeks to bridge divides and create a more harmonious world. Thanks, Sophia, for that comprehensive overview of the Ba's faith. Now, let's delve into the philosophical aspects of this belief system and how they tie into religious syncretism and universalism. First, let's consider the concept of religious syncretism. The Ba faith's emphasis on the unity of all religions and the idea that they share a common source challenges traditional notions of religious exclusivity. It raises questions about the boundaries between religious traditions and how we define our own beliefs. From a philosophical standpoint, this challenges us to rethink the nature of religious truth. Does it manifest differently in various traditions? Or is there a deeper universal truth that transcends religious labels? Ba-Sem suggests the latter, promoting a more inclusive view of spirituality. Universalism, on the other hand, is the belief in the universal salvation of all souls. In the context of the Ba faith, this belief is tied to the idea of the oneness of humanity. It suggests that everyone, regardless of their religious background, has the potential to connect with the divine and contribute to the betterment of the world. Philosophically, this challenges us to consider the nature of salvation, the role of religious diversity, and the possibility of a shared spiritual destiny for humanity. It encourages us to explore how different religious traditions can coexist harmoniously and contribute to the greater good. Now, let's connect these philosophical ideas to the broader implications. The Ba faith's emphasis on unity and universalism has real-world applications. It advocates for the elimination of prejudices and promotes social justice, gender equality, and global peace. Philosophically, this raises questions about the role of religion in shaping our moral and ethical values and how these values can guide our actions in the pursuit of a better world. It challenges us to consider how religious beliefs can be a force for positive change and unity. In summary, the Ba faith offers a unique perspective that challenges traditional religious boundaries, encourages inclusivity, and promotes a vision of a unified humanity. From a philosophical standpoint, it sparks important discussions about the nature of religious truth, universalism, and the practical applications of these beliefs in fostering a more harmonious world. Tore, you've raised some fascinating philosophical points about the Ba faith. I appreciate your insights. One aspect that strikes me is how the Ba perspective on religious syncretism aligns with the idea that different religions are like different paths to the same mountaintop. Absolutely, Sophia. 
It's akin to the idea that religions are different languages, but the message they convey is ultimately the same. This challenges us to look beyond the surface differences and explore the common threads that run through all faiths. And speaking of common threads, the Ba faiths on the oneness of humanity is quite remarkable. It encourages us to see beyond divisions based on nationality, race, or religion, and recognize our shared human identity. That's right, Sophia. It's a powerful call for unity and global cooperation. It makes me think about the potential for religion to be a unifying force in the world, rather than a source of conflict. Absolutely, Torai. It reminds me of the importance of interfaith dialogue and understanding. By recognizing the common values and aspirations that underlie different faiths, we can build bridges and work together for a more peaceful and just world. I couldn't agree more, Sophia. The Ba'a faith's philosophy challenges us to transcend the boundaries of our individual beliefs and embrace a broader, more inclusive perspective. It's a timely message in our interconnected world. It certainly is, Tori, and it's a reminder that, at the core of all religions, there's a shared longing for spiritual connection and a desire to contribute to the betterment of humanity. Well said, Sophia. It's been a pleasure exploring the Ba'a Faith's principles and their philosophical implications with you. This discussion has deepened my appreciation for the diversity of religious thought and the potential for unity among people of different faiths. Likewise, Torai, it's been a rich and thought-provoking conversation. And it reinforces the idea that when we engage in open dialogue and exchange ideas, we can find common ground and foster a more harmonious world. As we wrap up this enlightening conversation, let's take a moment to reflect on what we've explored today. We've journeyed through various faiths, delving into their unique perspectives on imminent divinity. Absolutely, Sophia. We've discussed Hinduism, Judaism, Christianity, Buddhism, Taoism, Sikhism, Sufism, Quakerism, and the Ba faith, uncovering profound insights along the way. Each tradition has offered us a different lens through which to view the concept of imminent divinity, and it's been a truly enriching experience. Indeed, Sophia. Personally, I've been struck by the common themes that emerge from these diverse traditions. The idea of interconnectedness, the importance of inner reflection, and the pursuit of harmony with the divine, they all resonate with me. I couldn't agree more, Torai. For me, this conversation reinforces the notion that at the heart of every religion, there's a deep wellspring of wisdom and a shared quest for a profound connection with the divine. In today's world, marked by diversity and global connectivity, it's crucial that we engage in interreligious dialogue like this. It's through understanding and appreciating different perspectives that we can foster harmony and unity. Absolutely, Tori. And speaking of exploring deeper perspectives, I want to invite our listeners to take a transformative journey with me. Starting March 16th, I'll be hosting the Start Your Luminous Life course, a three-month program priced at $12,500 that combines comprehensive education, group coaching, and personalized strategies. Registration begins now, and we only have 12 slots available at LuminousProsperity.com. That's right, Sophia. This course will empower you to connect with the divinity within and around you, align your goals with your authentic self, and manifest the life you've always envisioned. It's a truly transformative experience. Thank you all for joining us on this enlightening journey. If you found today's discussion as inspiring as we did, 
please consider sharing it with others who might benefit from these insights. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast for more thought-provoking conversations. Until next time, stay curious, stay open-minded, and keep exploring the luminous depths of life.